Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 32, the Punchboarders do the top 10 of the BGG. We're going to draft our top stock holding game and head on over to Clef's for a Kickstarter corner. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. So, Clef, oh, we, yes. we, we are, we're pushing this out because we gotta, we got to get to a con. we got to get to Origins, We're going to make it. We're going to make it to Origins. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's happening to Richie? Is he coming? Uh, no, I'm what? not coming. Oh. The doctor did not clear it. So we got a lot more photos and calls to make for him when we're in Origins having fun. <laughs> oh, man, you're mean. <laughs> and the only solace I take from, from, from you saying that is knowing that Richie would do the same thing to you. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really sad about the, the chicken, the oh, hot chicken. Take down, uh, I don't know if that take can, over. can I, I don't think I can sit in a car for 12 hours for me no, to bring it home. For I, no, I, <laughs> I've asked that of my parents and they have, they have said no several times. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just went old up. We'll send you some pictures of a seat. It though, that, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I mean, did you call it though? Hot chicken take takedown. I think it's take over. Hot okay. chicken take over or take down. It's one of those. It's hot know. chicken. The only take problem down. is, is chicken take down. Richie was going to take us to that special, not as busy spot, oh, and now right. we don't know where that is. Yeah. So we're going to have to stand through the line. It's just at the Eastern Mall. It's easy. Okay. You, you can get really? there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll still try to figure that out. <laughs> oh, I can't wait though to get to Origins. I'm really excited. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some games because we got to get going here. Yeah. All well, right. Tell us about your Kickstarter corner for the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a game I think came out about maybe a year ago. Um, it was a reprint of an older game. It's, this is Endeavor Age of Sail. And as, as I've talked about a couple episodes ago, um, I met Mark Spector, who is the owner of Grand Gamers Guild. And we were talking about Endeavor and he told me, hey, there is an expansion coming to Kickstarter, which I was, I was pretty excited about. This is a game that's you know, it's uh, kind of a Euro-y type of game where you're placing, we basically start off, you construct a building, which is then part of your actions. Then you go into getting some growth, which are basically kind of discs, which are people that you're using to take these actions. And then you are then using these actions to go out to a to a map and go to different areas where you're going to use uh, these discs to, to get different actions and bolster up your, your tracks, basically. So it's a little bit of a lighter affair. I mean, I'd call this a medium weight Euro. And I like it a lot, but it's definitely one of those that I've always thought to myself, hey, I really liked a little, little bit more, something else to go along with this game. And so this is, I'm excited about this. I am really looking forward to this Kickstarter. Um, it's supposed to be launching on the, I think he said the 13th, 16th, one of those 10th days right there in June. Um, so we'll probably talk more about it once it actually, uh, the Kickstarter is out. Uh, really looking forward to this one. And uh, yeah, so that is the Endeavor Age of Sail expansion. Right. And I, that's uh, designed by Carl DeVisser and Jarrett Gray. This is one that we've also talked about before, I will say, on the podcast, because you can go into, you can use slavery. You can take oh, a card yeah. mm -hmm. and go into slavery and kind of get huge bonuses until somebody who's not going into slavery shuts that down. So it sort of typifies, it, it gives you that idea of why the the southern states would try to do such a thing here in the U.S. and and hold on to it so tightly because they got such a crazy economic 
benefit from it. But then, of course, like I said, you get the punishment of having gone into it if somebody shuts it down. Yeah, with those cards. It's very, uh, that yeah, very unique in that fact. But definitely, I mean, this is definitely worth a play. If you're a, like a nice Euro medium weight game, definitely check this one out. All right, fellas, we're moving on to the draft. Give that, Richie, give us that awesome music for the draft. <laughs> I thought you said he was supposed to give awesome music. I like that music. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I like that music. All right, Richie, tell them how the draft works. All right, so on Punchboard Paradise, we like unique games, so that's why we draft. And we're going to do a serpentine draft, which means that if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. And we're going to roll dice to see who goes for, or who gets to set the draft order. Clef really needs this, so let's uh, let's go ahead and roll for it. We're going. Uh, we're doing a draft of stock holding games, by the way. And so the way we decided to do this was that we looked at mechanisms in BGG that had stock holding. So that's that's kind of what we're going off of here. So let's roll those beans, boys. Five, two, not five. Ooh, this is the first time I've won a roll in a long time. Wow, yeah. there you go. It's okay. True. And I'm going to throw you a bone, Clef. Really? I'm gonna let you go first. Ooh. What? That's ridiculous. I'm, go, I'm <laughs> not. I'm you're not gonna, worried about mine. So you're I'm gonna, gonna <laughs> lose out on your favorite one. <laughs> but I'm gonna okay. throw him a bone. So All right. I'm gonna take it. So who? So then who's going? Second? I'm gonna go second. You're going second, and so Chad's, Chad's going last. third. No. All, right. All right. Don't worry, Chad. You did really well when you went third last draft that we did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, did. I think I'm at zero on the votes. <laughs> I'm, I like my games, people. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm going to go with uh, a game that I just recently have started playing, and I absolutely love this game. It's it's heavy, it's crunchy, it's mathy, and definitely stocks are a huge part of this game. And that's going to be from uh, Capstone Games, and that's Arkwright, uh, designed by uh, Stefan Ristenhouse. Yeah. Reesthouse. Reesthouse, sorry. Um, but yeah, this, this game is... A no-brainer for me. I love this game. I still, every day, I wake up and I think, how can I get this to the table? Because it's just such a fun game and I enjoy it so much. So, yeah, my number one pick is going to be Arkwright. So, Good thank pick. you. Thank you, you Richie. No problem, buddy. Well, and I figured if you didn't take that, this might, because your list isn't too long over there. Right. I'm, I'm guessing Mombasa is also on your list there. Oh, Mombasa's dang. number so, two for sure. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I thought that's yep. what he was going to take and you were going to lose on. <laughs> no, I knew he was going to take Arkwright. Um, so uh, Mombasa is going to be my first pick. Uh, we've talked about it a lot in the past. Designed by Alexander Pfister and I think put out by R&R Games here. Yeah, we had Eggerspiel yeah. has reverted to it and played oh, yeah, the games, right, right. but, yeah. but also Stronghold has, has had it too, so. Fantastic card mechanism as far as when you're playing down your cards, having to manage that, just the card management there. Uh, as far as with the stocks in this game, around the board, each company is represented, and you're trying to push up the stocks there, and you are draft or not drafting, but you're buying the cards as they come out of the deck that will have stocks on there that you are trying to uh, purchase and push those companies that you have invested in basically uh but yeah just that the interaction out on the map really makes this game along with the card management mombasa for my first pick that's a good pick uh, i can't argue with that i was i was hoping it would get to me but being realistic that's what a two will do to you yeah you had no chance all right <laughs> so for my first pick i know i gotta nab this one up and it is a much lighter stock game but it's it's kind of like a a stock game mixed with a party game almost but it is still such a really really good game 
Stockpile from Nauvoo Games with Brett Sobel and Seth Van Orden. Now, there are two artists on this, and I, I apologize. I can't remember the other, but Clef, guess who did some of the art on this? Um, it was Ian O'Toolan? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that his name? Yep. Up-and-comer Ian O'Toole. I didn't even know that. That was pretty cool to find that out. Anyway, this is a great game where you are have some hidden information about what a stock's going to do, and you are trying to manipulate that to your favor and your stock portfolio stock can split or stocks can tank and totally ruin your portfolio if you don't diversify them also you are doing the great auction mechanism of taking one card and putting it face up in a pile and another card and putting it face down and trying to goad your opponents into taking maybe the bad face down card or things that they aren't sure about it's got some great player powers. Really, really, really fun stock game that's a lot lighter. Yeah. I like the expansion with it, too. It's, it's almost a must for me to play that game. Yeah, adds the forecast dice, which yeah. really like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because previously it's cards, so you can kind of know once these cards come out, you know that a stock is bound to do this. Whereas die, you roll them every time, so it, it fluctuates a little bit more. But yes, very, very good game. Stockpile is my number one. Okay, so for my number two, I am going to go with Panamax. Panamax is my number two with Paulo Soledad and Gil Ori and Nuno Bizarro Santiero uh, and Stronghold Games. It is a really great game at higher player counts. you got to play it at three or four, obviously. Uh, four is the best because of all the give and take of pushing other people's boats out and moving around. The uh, manual for this isn't great, but it's it's okay. Also, the card powers, I still haven't decided with enough plays whether uh, some of them are much, much better than others. But again, I really like, it's, it's a very good, it's a very good entryway to some of the 18xx mechanisms, uh, such as managing your own private economy versus your company's economy and trying to get influx from both of those. Yeah, it's a great game. I just see you crossing more and more off of that short list you got there, Clef. <laughs> My six is whittled down to one. <laughs> so there's or two, I guess. I've picked four games. <laughs> that is Panamax. My number two. Back to you, Richie. All right. So my next one is going to be Airlines Europe, which is Alan R. Moon. <laughs> yeah, I was say you haven't played this one. I haven't played it. <laughs> which is Alan R. Moon. Um, I believe Rio Grande reprinted this here recently. I, I don't quote me on that. But in this game, you are uh, it's it's a re or kind of a re-implementation of Union Pacific, which is an older Alan R. Moon game. But in this game, you have different airline companies that you are no one's in control of them. You're trying to get the stocks out of the market into your hand. And there are different routes out on the board that you're trying to purchase. And when you purchase a route, that increases the value of the stocks on this track that goes around the outside of the board. And there are scoring cards mixed into the deck. And every time that you hit a scoring card, you will go and evaluate each company. You'll see who has the most stock in that particular company. And then depending on how far it's gone around the track, that will determine how many points you're going to get. And you score for first, second, and third place, like if you're playing like in a four-player game. One, one of the things I really enjoy in this game also is that it's a, a closed economy. So all the money that's in the game is as much as that you can get in there. And they have a, a bankruptcy mechanism in there where if the bank is out of money, you everyone has to give back all their money down to $8 million, or $8, basically. So you got to be careful. You can't just hoard money in this game. Airlines Europe, Alan R. Moon, check it out if you have not played it yet. Hmm. I got to try this one out. 
Yeah, I haven't played it either, so hmm. I'll definitely give it a play. You own it? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Give it a shot. All right, so back to me. I still got, still got still a couple. Got one? Oh, you still got a couple. Okay. I still got a couple here. Uh, well, basically for me so far, this, this draft has been brought to you by Capstone Games because the next game <laughs> is uh, another reprint from Capstone Games and another game that I absolutely love, and this is Wildcatters. Um, this is a great stock game. Now, this is a game that I definitely like to play at four, the full complement, because you do have to play with a, a dummy stock player if you play with only three, but it's not terrible still. I, I don't mind it, but four is the best with it. Um, you're basically um, discovering oil in different places of the world, and then you, as you get this oil, you start to move it around. But as you move it onto different players, um, and I can't think of those, uh, what they call those, uh, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but you put those on there. And if you go to another players, they have to pay you a certain amount of their stock. And it's actually a really interesting game where you can try to push somebody where if they don't have enough stock at the time, they have to take a loan. And loans are, oh boy, super punishing in this game. So it's it's interesting in that. Um, then there's some area control where you're trying to get enough oil down in certain areas. Really, really fun game. I just once again absolutely love this. Uh, so great stock game, Wildcatters. Uh, so, okay, so this is my number three pick. And all right, I really have no idea what I'm going to pick after this. But the next one I'm going to go with is a little game that we played last year in Origins. And that's Mogul. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't really remember how to play it. I just remember enjoying it. <laughs> I would say my copy is downstairs on my shelf. shelf. You can just take it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just remember. I thought it was a little fun game. Um, I don't remember what we did in it. I'm sorry. I just remember. This was a bad list. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it's an okay game. It, it definitely borrows from kind of the no thanks mechanism where you have these little bidding chips that you're throwing in this it's oh, actually yeah. really nice production that's that right you get a, like a really nice like wooden bowl in there i know yeah. you guys were like did you add this i was like no this is what comes oh, with the yeah. game we were chinging the things in there yeah, yeah, yeah okay that's yeah. <laughs> coming back to me <laughs> why were we throwing those in i forget that's a good question chad <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure the informative podcast of punchboard oh, paradise <laughs> all right so check out mogul if you want to throw chips in a bowl <laughs> wow <laughs> I'll, you're, I'll, I'll, you're trying to buy yeah, you're, the stock in a company, and then there's a map where you're building out rails. Yeah. Somehow, but for some reason, we throw the chips in the bowls because you don't want it necessarily. I don't really remember. It's definitely <laughs> something sort of like that. It. Yeah. And if it gets to you, you have no chips, so you take all the chips, but then, yeah, why, why is it bad? It's, it's not bad. We had a good time. No, but, no. I mean, you know, why, why is it bad, bad to take, to take the chips? Why I do you want remember. the chips? Like a no thanks. Like, yeah, why? Yeah. yeah, we know why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mogul. Uh, so that's <laughs> that is three to five players designed by Michael Shock and uh, published by Rio Grande Games. Sorry, mogul. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, Richie, go. <laughs> All right. For my uh, third pick, I'm going to take Speculation, which is an older uh, Dirk Hen game. I think Queen put this out. It is a Queen game. Okay. Um, and in that, you have these different stocks on the board. Everyone has the same 10 cards, which have all the different, uh, I think they're banks technically in this game. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But you only have two of those cards in your hand at a time. And when you play them down, you're increasing that particular stock. And it's this kind of weird zigzag track 
where the stocks can't share the same space, so they jump over each other. So you're trying to play these at the right time to get the stock to the right spot so that you can sell it when it's high. And then when it goes comes back down, obviously you're trying not to be involved with that stock then at that point. And then there's also bank holidays where like if you know someone needs to sell right now, you can play that bank holiday, which will make it so that the banks are closed. You can't sell stock and it goes on to the next uh, round. So solid little game. Uh, it's on the lighter side, but if you haven't checked it out, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Speculation by Durkin. All right. So back to me. I am going to go with my next pick being Trick of the Rails which is a trick-taking game with stocks. And we played it a couple times. But the only thing I'll say is that we've kind of messed up the rules because we hadn't played it in a long time. But I have since played it again. Okay, I must say, I feel like this is about to be another mogul. No, no. <laughs> no. How do you play it? No, you're taking, you're, you're, so you're taking tricks, just like a regular trick-taking game, but it also gives you certain abilities based on which trick you take that you're going to be able to lay out railroad, which will let you score points. But also you're trying to take stocks in the different railroad and... And so those score you end game points based on how many stocks you have at the end of the game in the longest railroads, essentially. And you're putting trains in front of those railroads and they get to run the longest kind of point spots in the railroad that you've built. So really nice interaction or intersection of a trick taking game and a kind of route building stock game. And uh, I quite like it. It's from Hisashi Hayashi and my printing is from Terranova Games. All right. Yeah, I definitely want to play it again because I remember the last time we played it, we were all kind of half asleep. I think it was like at the end of my birthday game day. And yeah. We, we really didn't remember the rules, but I remember yeah. the first time we played it, I enjoyed it. I so. was trying to teach it and like severely depressed from the Wisconsin Iowa game at the same time, <laughs> and it was hard. It was painful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next is, and I, I have only gotten one play of this, but I'm picking it because I really want more plays of it. And the stock portion is what really intrigues me about it. And that's Thomas Lehman's 1846 from GNT Games. So we talked about it last uh, two episodes ago, I guess. And really what what it is, is it's route building. And then you are getting money based on what you decide your company is going to pay out and in how many shares you have and all that kind of stuff. And so the management of that, kind of like we talked about with Panamax, but to a more involved and greater degree is uh, is what it's all about. This is really the epitome of a stock holding game. And I'm excited to get more of it. Yeah, I- you know, I thought about putting it on the list, but it was it's tough for me to have just had that one play for me to say I'm putting it on the list. But then again, it'd probably have been better to mogul because I would have remembered the rules. <laughs> you, you have one play of mogul, and you're like, damn, that wooden bowl. <laughs> Throw that those chips a, in there, baby. That is a really nice wooden bowl. It is. It is. Yeah, it's and now I'm, I'm actually thinking about taking it off myself. Yeah, there you go. Let's, let's <laughs> just get that bowl. back out. <laughs> All right, Richie, back to you. <laughs> All right, for my last pick, it will be Panic on Wall Street, which is, it is a party game, uh, but definitely if you can get together people who are not shy, don't mind yelling at each other. Every round, you have a team of managers and then a team of investors, and at the end of the game, whoever has the most money on the manager's team will be the winner, and then also on the investor's team will be the winner. But each round is two minutes, and once the clock starts, you just start yelling at each other, trying to buy shares, and then at the end of those at the end of that round, the share value will change. And then going forward after that, you you just rinse and repeat. Uh, fun party game if you don't mind yelling. Panic on Wall Street. Could not like- could not tell you where. It's out of print currently. Could not tell you who the designer is and who published it. Is it anything like Pitt? Slightly like Pitt, <laughs> like but Pitt. Not, not really. So, yeah, that, that's Panic on Wall Street 
which is from... I think it's Madigo. I think Madigo was the last printing. Marabunta. Nope, yep, not Mar- Madigo. Marabunta, <laughs> Marabunta Games and designer Britton Roney. And it plays up to 11? Wow. Yes, up- and that higher... Yeah, 11. I have played it at 11. That's where you want to play it at. You want more uh, the better. I remember you talking about this when we had a whole bunch of people over for one of my game day birthdays and we were trying to figure oh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like yep. eight or nine people mm-hmm. what could be played. Okay. All right. So I get to finish this off. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really excited okay, for this. So I'm, I'm just looking through my list here. Okay. Mombasa, that was picked. Stockpile, pick. Panamax, picked. Obviously I got Arkwright and Wonkers. I picked a game I don't even remember how to play in Mogul. <laughs> Let's see. What else did I write down? Yeah. Kansas. Nope. Never played that. Uh, that. Nope. Never played that. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with a game I've never played that all I've done is watch a heavy cardboard <laughs> run through of. And that is going to be another game coming out from Capstone. Like I said, this draft brought to you from Capstone for me. And that's Irish Gage. Um, I watched the run through. It looks really cool. I mean, basically, you're on your turn. You're either laying out track or you can call for what's dividends. And when you pull these cubes out, it's going to pay certain rails. And, you know, then it's obviously you're auctioning off stocks and trying to get stocks. And then the more stocks you have, I can't tell you a ton about it because all I said, I just kind of watched the run through. You just told us more than you told us about mold. That is very, very true. (laughs) No wooden bowls in this production. Uh, No, no, which it needs one because you got to pull those dividends out. You got to hide them or whatever. I'm sure it's going to be a bag. Um, I've seen the, some of the newest pictures of it. Uh, obviously, Mr. Eno Tool did the artwork. It looks amazing. Uh, still able to pre-order this game. And the price point, I think, is less than $30 or something like that. It's certainly yeah. a game to, mm-hmm. to look into. It's it, so. on all of our lists as far so. as getting it. So yeah. it's a good one. And I will tell you, though, that this is a Cube Rails game from hollenspiel uh right. you know originally tom and mary russell and they uh th- this has a lot in common with paris connection oh, it's that's the right. same okay. sort of thing you're laying out those rails and then at the end of the game you, the most you have of a color is basically the stock of the oh. of the rail so you could you have said paris paris connection, connection, yeah. which uh, are, again heavy cardboard keyed us into this edward said you know we took a picture of our shelf and he's like hey boys why haven't you played this yet yeah. and so uh it was originally sncf from uh, but David Peters in a, in a Queen game, so yeah, that's another good cube rail. So we'll just substitute in one that you have played and Paris Connection, which you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, that was different type of game. Yeah, let's yeah put that on instead of mogul. Let's just drop that. Mogul <laughs> there you go. No, poor mogul. mogul. Michael Actually, in the draft, when we put it, so I want you guys to know on the draft uh, when we put our lists and you can vote for each one. Mogul won't be up there. It'll just say wooden bowl. <laughs> If you enjoy wooden bowls, vote for my list. I think I'm going to go a little over like Chad did for this last It's possible. Oh, you got Arkwright, though. Yeah, but not a lot of people played Arkwright. Not yeah, a, people, a lot of people played Wildcatters. I mean, my cheat yeah. for you is going to be Ground Floor Second Edition. It has stock market written on the board, even though it's not really mm, a yeah. stock market mechanism at all. Yeah, but that's, it, that, but, uh, once again, it yeah. could have been better than mobile. Well, <laughs> Yeah, well, in Great Western Trail, there's uh yeah, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I was no. trying to pull something out of there. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our draft for the uh, stock holdings game. So we're going to obviously, as we always do, throw that up on our BGG Guild, which is 3227. And feel free to go ahead and vote on that. And we love it when people put comments about what they would pick. That's always my favorite part is to go through there and and read everybody when what they say. So feel free to go in there and join the discussion and vote for who you think 
list is best. And uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Also, while we're on the subject of our BGG Guild 3227, look for on there. I'm going to post on the forum because coming up in our next episode, we will have a look back at Carthago, another capstone game. So if you've played Carthago, we'll put the post up. We'd love to hear what you have to say and we'll hopefully be able to post a uh, kind of read a smattering of those on the next podcast when we when we re-review the game cool all right so well we're gonna we, we're going back to our top uh the bgg top 100 and now we're ready for number 40 through 31 and you guys ready let's do it i'm ready all right so number 40 is lahav lahav originally from is it mayfair Sure. Lookout Games, maybe? Oh, right. Yes, yeah. Lookout Games and Uwe Rosenberg. Clef. Um, this is my top Rosenberg game. It hovers right around my in my number 10 to number 12 in my top 100. I really, this is one of those that I've played with my wife. I mean, probably 30 plus times we we really enjoy playing this one against each other. Um, it, it I've always said it's a kind of a two-player game to me. I know a lot of people say it's a you know three-player game. I don't really feel like I'd ever want to play it more than three-player, but I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, and I, I haven't played it in a while. Actually, kind of looking forward to pulling it back out. So, Richie, you've played it? Uh, yeah, and this is one I, I do still play the app every once in a while. But yeah, it's not in my collection anymore. I did end up selling it just because it wasn't hitting the table and the app exists and it's a good app. So that's usually how I play it. Yeah, it's a solid game. So why do you like this over other Rosenberg games? I guess I like the fact that I don't, like in most Rosenberg games, I, it's it's more of the worker placement aspect of the game, where this is not worker placement in the sense of that, where I mean, you've, you only ever have one worker. I, I guess I just, you know, it is a simplistic decision every time where you just decide whether you're going to pick up resources or whether you're going to usually go buy a build or use a building, I should say. But yet it's very tight in the fact that if you kind of don't do something in the right, what you're trying to do, you can kind of be in trouble with it. I, I kind of like that fact. A lot of people don't like the fact that you have to feed your people so much. I mean, it's, it's that mechanism is huge in this game where you have to feed your people a lot. But it's a game of where you've got to get ships to help supplement that feeding. And so, I don't know. Why don't you give me some more time before you ask me such a question? I don't know. I just want <laughs> I, I like the best. <laughs> well. I, I, I understand. I, I like that there are clearly some different strategies to go for. I like the economic uh, tug of the game. And uh, so I'm with you. It's not my favorite, but I definitely like it. This is like maybe our second or third game me and you ever played together. Yeah. Oh, I know. Isn't that sweet? Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Number 39, Zulkin, the Mayan Calendar. All right, and that is from currently CGE Games and some of our favorites, Simone Luciani and Danielle Tashini. Uh, I, I really like this game. I find that it is a little bit harder to grasp the idea of the time mechanism, per se. I would say that maybe, maybe kind of trying to judge how you have to wait and pull your worker off at just the right time to be really efficient is the draw in this game because there's nothing quite like it. I'm not sure. I haven't had enough plays to compare it to Teotihuacan. That's for Michelle. Or maybe I should try this a little bit more <laughs> subtly. Teotihuacan. Just, just, just say it like you always do. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, I, I'm not sure if I could compare them, although I know they have some of the similar, similar ideas. 
But I will say, I I, I think that of those two, I, I like the newest one best. But I, I need more plays of it, and I, I'd still like to play it more. I think the expansion brings a lot to it. Yeah, I did enjoy the expansion. That was the first time I had played that. This is one that I, I play online, or I don't play it anymore, because this is one of those games where I usually I do not care about winning. But this is one of those games where I'm so bad at it that it just puts a sour taste in my mouth. I'm mm. <laughs> so bad, especially if you play online, because there are just sharks online. And I get blown out of the water so many times that it's just like I, I don't need to play, especially now that – go ahead and say it, Chad. Now that Teotihuacan's there? Yeah, now that that's here, then I, I'll just play that. See, now this is one I, – I don't think they are even close to the same game. They just happen to have the same theme, and they have to have the same you know design pedigree. But they're, they're different games. I, I like Zulkin, and like Richie said – I'm not very good at it. In fact, I mean, I would say I'm pretty darn right terrible at it. And I do remember this was one of the games at one time I played on Board Game Arena. And this guy did some weird things that I'd never seen before. And like, by the time it was all said and done, he'd beat me by like 200 points or something. And I was like, "Um, I'm never playing this online again. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know what just happened, you know, type of thing. But uh, I, I still think it's a cool mechanism. I love the wheel. I love the... Um, you know, I feel like you've always got to do the God tracks or at least, but then again, I'm terrible at it. So maybe I have no clue what yeah, the I, heck you really got to do. I can't give any strategy. Yeah, I couldn't either. But, um, I, I still think if you really had to set me down and say, which one would you rather play? I think still Zulkin just for me out does Teotihuacan just barely, but I don't think of them as comparable games. So. I don't know. Yeah, I just I guess it's the time mechanism versus the upping the dice as you go around. That's that's one of the things I think about. So time is sort of a resource and how you how you manage that. Yeah, a little bit. Like I said, there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So all right, let's move on to number (laughs) thirty-eight, Eclipse. Oh boy, (laughs) definitely all played it. Yeah, we definitely all played it. (laughs) Eclipse is uh, it's a big one. It's a heavy one. It's from oh my gosh. Let's see, Tuco Takaleo. I t- I'm really sorry, Tuco, uh, but that's what I got. He's, he's not listening. Get and Laudapelli <laughs> La uh, games. And now I acquired this with the expansion, and we all sat down and played it once, and then I knew we would never play it again. Yeah, and I mean, this is a game that should probably be, you know, in my wheelhouse, and it was just random, super yeah, random. Was... And I just don't, I don't get the appeal of it uh, at all. And I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, this is the Euro Twilight Imperium game. But boy, I did not feel that way. Um, it just, and quite honestly, this is maybe a little harsh considering that it was a one-time play and we never have played it since. But sometimes in the world of games, and there's so many games, uh, one game is, if, if you don't like it, you're not going back to it. And what happened to us is Richie, Richie stomped us because he got out and explored a little bit and got some crazy alien technology that then paired with other tech that he was able to get before other people. And it just was like, it just stomped us. Yeah, it was just kind run. of a weird snowball thing. And I mean, it just never, never did much for me. But. And the other thing is we didn't have this, but you can draw a tile and have no use for it too, unfortunately, which can happen in Archipelago as well. But still, that's that. Kind of stinks when that can happen as well. All right, moving on from that one. Number 37, Azul. Uh, Yeah, Azul from Plan B Games and designer Michael Kiesling. This is a great little gateway game. I mean, I taught it to my in-laws. They love it. They play it back and forth. I think it's, to me, it's best at two because I like the back and forth nature of how you can keep track of that. And it can be kind of mean, but I I enjoy that for what it is. I did just recently play the Sintra 
version of the game, which I think probably is a bit more gamerly. There's a little bit of ways to manipulate that there, but I still like what Azul does for what it you know what you're trying to get out of it, which is sort of a gateway kind of game. Yeah, this is Jessica's one of, one of Jessica's favorite games, so I've definitely played it a lot. Uh, we also just picked up uh, Centra and played it, and yeah, it's, it's definitely gamier, uh, which I actually didn't mind. I I don't necessarily I haven't figured out the strategy to do well in that yet, but um, yeah, I'm a I'm a Kiesling fan and. Azul is a solid kind of two-player gateway game. Um, I've obviously played it. Enjoyable, light game. It, it's one of those that, eh, okay, but I definitely am not. I don't need to play it ever again. I've, I've played enough of it. But beautiful production. Lovely little little game. So, yeah. All right, number 36. Ooh, the granddaddy of auctions, Power Grid. Power Grid is from Rio Grande Games, and it is from the man Freedom and Freeze, originally titled Funkenschlag, which I just have to say that's that's fun to say. But Power Grid, I, I sort of had a love-hate relationship with Power Grid over the years. The auction to me kind of, you, you don't want to play this at too few because the the map is important, and so having at least four players feels like where it needs to be at with this game. And then the auction for me just kind of bogs down a lot of times, I feel like, because you're just going around the table, and sometimes people are just op- up and by one over and over. And So anyway, I just... I haven't always loved this, but I haven't played in a really long time, and my tastes have changed a little bit. I don't know. After playing Arkwright a bunch and stuff like that, going back to this end-of-the-game mathiness might not might not be so irritating. Yeah, I I haven't played this game a lot, but the times I've played it, I do enjoy it. I mean, it is a very mathy game where you're trying to figure out, okay, can I do this and do this? And how much can I bid for that? And, you know, how efficient is it going to be if I get this power plant compared to this power plant? And where do I need to be in the turn order to be able to get this? So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crunchy, crunchy math. I mean, almost very similar to Arkwright in that fact, uh, just not as good for me. Um, but if you like auctions... Certainly a game I would say give a try to, Richie. Yeah, I've played it, and I mean, I'm just not a huge fan of Freedom and Freeze's designs, even though I've bought several of them. I think it's because of the green, and that's my favorite color. So <laughs> wow, kinda that tricks was easy. Me. It kind of tricks me into buying them. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I, the turn order track is kind of the most interesting thing in there for me, and then, but, but that's not much. Honestly, Felix, the cat in the sack, is my favorite game from him. So I guess... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what to say to that. <laughs> so go play that instead of power. I, I do. I would say I would say what I'm taking away from the last couple of episodes is if you want us to buy a game, publishers, make it green on the outside of the box and maybe put a wooden bowl in it. So yeah, there you go. And a grumpy person on the cover. Okay. Yes. And a grumpy person. Okay. Perfect. All right. Next one we got here is, well, this is one of those weird ones here in the list. So this is number 35. This is Through the Ages, A Story of Civilization. So this is the original version. Um, I have, oh, Chad, who do we got for that? We've got Vladek Vatel and uh, CGE Games, or Checkboard Games. So um, I have not played this version. I have not played Through the Ages at all. Oh, you know what? And I should say, I think the new one is from Eagle Griffin. I think that's correct with the update. But I will say I have played about halfway through it and uh, 
just because the time had to stop, I want to play more of it. Are you talking about the new one or yeah. this one? Yeah, the new one. Okay, that's what I'm saying though. That's oh. not we're not on the new one. Oh, we're this okay, is the bad. original version. Oh, I know right. There I are keep some forgetting. differences. Yep. I've never played the original version. I only ever played the uh newer version. You're right. So this is check board games. Uh I haven't played the old edition, so I really can't speak to it. Yeah, I don't know. I know there was something different that they changed with like the military and how you're able to do the military. But other than that, I can't say much. And we'll wait to talk about our feelings on the other one when it comes up, because uh, it definitely will be coming up here later in the uh, in the discussion. Not okay. today, but later. All right, moving on next to Star Wars Imperial Assault. So I definitely would say Empire Strikes Back is the best of the Star Wars movies. Oh, is that not what we're about to talk about? <laughs> well, I'd agree with you, oh. but we're talking games. So. Oh, oh, my bad. All right. <laughs> Richie, have you played this one? I have played this one. Okay. Um, I, I would guess I would be the only one, but maybe you. I could see you picking this up for Finn. I used to own it, and, okay. and I, I, I did sell it for the gallerist or trade it for the gallerist. But, I sold my copy as well. Yeah, uh, these are good sells and good trades. So far, it sounds like so. It, it you know I had fun with it w- through a campaign for a little bit. I found that I was always trying to help as the as the as the person who owned the game. So I would play the the empire, um, and I was always trying to help the other players because if they didn't know what was going on, you can get shanked hard in that game because it just seems like the difficulty level could be really high at least out of the gate i didn't play all the campaign but out of the gate it felt like there was like almost there was a time component that if new players didn't know how to play you know they didn't know that they needed to rush certain things and so that that was tough and it just didn't seem worth the time investment and i mainly played the skirmish mode in there and i i'm just not a huge star wars fan anyways i don't know why i bought it but it it, i mean it's basically like descent but just with the Star Wars the theme Star Wars on there. Theme. Yeah. yeah. And we should say that's from designer Corey Kempenin, uh Sorry, Justin Kempenin, Corey Konitska, and Jonathan Ying and Fantasy Flight Game. Yeah, I, I love Star Wars, but, you know, once again, it's just no. not my style of game. No. So never had a desire. Um, all right, number 33. Whew, I'm on a roll of not playing games here. <laughs> Pandemic Legacy Season 2. I've opened my box. So we finished, uh, uh, Jessica and I finished the Season 1. And then we opened the box for season two just to look at what, you know, what it looked like on the inside. And then uh-huh. we just haven't had a chance to play it yet. But it's but downstairs. You're planning it, on to, yeah, we're you're planning, planning on playing it. Yep. Okay. Well, this is from Rob Davio and Matt Leacock and Z-Man Games. And after getting halfway, not even completely halfway through Pandemic Season Legacy Season 1, I was just resigned to the fact that I'll never get to this game. So I did not buy it. Mm. Yeah, obviously just not. Not for me. Just not a type of game that I enjoy. I have obviously listened to a lot of people talk about the fact that they did not think it was as good as season one. I'm sure you guys have probably heard that same discussion mm-hmm. out there. Yep. yep. Um, so you guys can take that for what it's worth. If, if you, you know, not that we have much of an opinion, but at least that's what we've heard. All right, moving on to number 32 and the fourth one in a row I've never played. <laughs> Kingdom, <be> fifth. <laughs> Kingdom Death Monster. Has anyone even... I'm not, I don't even have a clue. I mean, I'm assuming it's some sort of dungeon crawl game. Yes, it is. Yep. It is. Uh, the publisher is Kingdom Death, I guess, and the designer is Adam Poots, and he spent a lot of time putting you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this game, I can tell. And Did- it is a pretty expensive price point, but you get a ton of minis and a beautiful it's some, setup. At some point, wasn't this the highest grossing Kickstarter or something? Yeah, for a while. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm sure it's gotten beat since then, but I think it yes. was a pretty big yep. one there for a while. Yeah, you got to put the, the minis together, so I'm out. If you get a 
assemble minis. I'm just not going to do it. And it's a legacy kind of it. Well, maybe a campaign is better way to put it, but you, you do things for your tribe throughout the game that, you know, sort of affect ongoing things with your civilization and stuff. But I, I mean, for me, a, it's a campaign game, which means it's probably not going to get played. B, it's not necessarily my style of, of, of gameplay. I don't think, I mean, I think it's card play based on how you're attacking beasts and stuff like that. But, uh, which which is probably better than dice, but I would say, you know, the minis are kind of weird, nightmarish, half naked people and beasts, and that's just not in my wheelhouse. And would you say that that Gloomhaven has completely overshadowed this, or is this a different game altogether? I so I just don't pay attention to those type of games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely Gloomhaven is going to be much higher on this list for sure. Yes. But I, I I have I have not heard anyone talk about Kingdom Death in in a while. Okay. Yeah, I, I think probably the buzz has died down just because people have got into Gloomhaven, but I can't really compare them having only played one of those mm. games. All right. All right, well, and to finish up our list for today, number 31, Mechs versus Minions. Okay, and Mechs versus Minions is sort of a a love letter to the fans of Legend League of Legends, I think. And the designers, Chris Cantrell, Rick Ernst, Stone Librande, Prashant Saraswat, Nathan Tiras, and the publishers, Riot Games. Am I the only one that's played wow. it? No, no, no. Oh, you have I've played it. I've played Clef it. I've oh, completed okay. the entire oh, wow. thing. I know. I'm Isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> a very uh, impressive game. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I did that. Minis, co-op. I just... I, and well, some real-time aspects. This was, yeah. this was still at that point where, oh, my God, I have to have the hot game. And when that came, you know, when that was announced, it was, oh, my God. I mean, I remember sitting there trying to refresh my computer, trying to order a copy. <laughs> and I finally, after like 15 minutes or so, gave up. Mm-hmm. And my wife, bless her heart, sat there for another like half hour after that and finally got in so that she could oh, order wow. like one of the first copies that came out. And at the time, I mean, I really didn't know much about it. And it was kind of like how he used to do Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. pretty much, you know. <laughs> Hey, I grow. All right. And we had our Wednesday night. We used to play every Wednesday night with a group that we played Nations with a bunch. And so the four of us, you know, just started the campaign. And it was one of those things where the first few games, it was like, oh, it's cool. You know, this is mm-hmm. neat. You're getting these things. And by the end of it, it was just like, a, oh, my God. It was almost like a Charterstone thing. Like, I just <laughs> now I just feel like I have to finish it. I just want to get done with it. I'm totally not enjoying playing anymore. It's like, bleh, but, and then the moment we finish it, I sold it and got my complete money back yeah, for I, selling it. I bet it. you got your money back. So yeah, so at some. least that was, uh, that was a good thing. Well, yeah, because I mean, the price point was, I think $70, which is amazing when you compare mm-hmm. it to other games that yeah. have that kind of production. I mean, it blows Eagle Griffin even out of the water, which is the Wait, high that, standard, it feels yeah. like. If that came from any other publisher, it would have been like 150 bucks. Yeah, everything that's in there they were able to supplement it i think they didn't make much money off of it because they were able to supplement it with that league of legends game that they so so, so did you you played it i have played we haven't finished the campaign yet we've been Mm -hmm. going pretty slow just and we just have too many games but yeah yeah, i've enjoyed it so far and the production does nothing but help i mean it Right. It, that is a nice box to open, yeah. for sure. Did you play it, Chad? I played it once because I borrowed it from you to see if I was going to uh, buy that's it. that's right. And so I played it once with Finn. I liked the programming aspect. I thought that was kind of fun. But ultimately, I was buying it for, for my son, and he wasn't that interested. So I just... It wasn't worth it for yeah. him. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, let's see here. Chad, why don't we start with you? How many of these 10 have you played, and what would you choose as your favorite? I believe I played seven of them, and I would have to say I'd pick Lahav as my favorite, I think, out of these. There are quite a few that I haven't, you know, haven't played or haven't played much more than one play of, so. Mm, yeah. Um, this is probably the lowest I've had so far of the list. I've only had six of these 10 played, and no question, 100% Lahav would be my number one out of these 10. And I've had seven, and this is not a great 10 for me. Mm. Uh, pro- I'm, I'm just going to go with Azul because I'm a Kiesling fan, so I'm going to say Azul. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I hope this isn't a thing to come as we get higher and higher. <laughs> I need <laughs> my grumpy, you know, uh, <laughs> old men on the cover kind of games that I get in there. Uh, all right, so, well, Chad. We got to get going. The car's the car's yeah. running. All it's right. packed. Let's, let's get out of here. All right. Yeah, hey, Richie, have fun. Yeah, Richie. <laughs> yeah, can you feed my dog, yeah. please? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, everybody. It's kind of an abbreviated quick episode, but like I said, we've, we've got to get rolling. So, uh Everybody, we look forward to hopefully seeing you at Origins. Yeah, and if you can't be there, well, then you'll have to be like Richie and just check out our Twitter feed and our Instagram and <laughs> stuff like that. We'll be taking pictures. And Well, I plan on uh, putting up some pictures of you guys on a dartboard while you guys are gone, and I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll play that game. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like fun. All right, everybody, have a great day. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening.